Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Special thanks to the Sofitel Los Angeles in Beverly Hills for their generous support of Andy's Girls. She, 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 she. I can manage my mood, not your expectations. <laughs> I don't play games. I win them. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, yes. You know what I was just thinking? It's like, wait, I don't play games. I am the game <laughs> would also. That has some pretty strong I am the word on the street over time. Right? Maybe that's why I like it. Also, I think I ripped mine because I watched Potomac and Salt Lake City twice today. I watched Potomac once plus the after show in Salt Lake City twice. And I think I got mine because someone straight up literally said it or it was a commercial. Like I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't come up with this. My my next tagline for the next AG will have something to do with stealing content. Is that is, that is a professional danger, I'm sure, is every time you read like a fortune cookie, you know, you gotta be like, don't put it in your <laughs> tagline. That's I mean, that's why so many Bravo podcasters, myself included, have taken like the vow of silence from our ear thingies to other Bravo because there's no way to avoid stuff subconsciously seeking seeping in it's like it's the professional sacrifice um, (laughs) that we make you know what isn't a sacrifice me recording with tonight's guest you guys it's Andy's Girls episode 255 and I am so excited to be joined by one of my favorite people senior gaming editor at inputmag.com and someone I'm going to refer to as the podcast 
podcast whisperer because <laughs> I find them very helpful when it comes to me. <laughs> And we're going to drinks. Can I just like shout out? I didn't even say this person's name yet. But can I please just shout out the fact that this person is. Can I actually say this? Don't tell me to cut it because I absolutely won't because I'm too lazy. I've been through too much. Can, uh, can I say that we're going to Soho House this week? Am I allowed yeah, to say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Because it's like I don't want to veer into, you know, I just saw that like Christian cult thing. Yeah. The weight loss for Jesus. You and don't want a Gwen Shamblin. Right. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. So no, it's Soho like, House is is unlike Fight Club. You can talk about it, but you can't take okay. any pictures. Whereas that in Fight Club, I mean, the whole thing was videotaped. They made that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> also, the fact that they don't know, I will never recover from not being able. We're going to find we're going to find some magic. Maybe we'll take we'll, a photo. We'll get a photo. I know spots where you can get photos. And also. It also challenges you to find ways to backdoor brag in your Instagram story without being able to just show a picture. <laughs> Wait, but here's the problem. Are you allowed to at them or are you not allowed to do that? Like, can I geolocation? I You can geolocation. People do it, especially non-members do it because you're not really going to get in any trouble. Because um, <laughs> they don't care about me. Because they're, they're, I mean, you're not paying them. So they're just like, I might Amen. get an email. <laughs> That's definitely but, the truth. <laughs> it's mostly to avoid bothering celebrities or celebrities perceiving that they're going to be bothered like mm. I was sitting next to someone who again I probably shouldn't say but a reality star was sitting next to me at, at drag brunch and I could tell the room kind of palpably shifted when the drag queen was like fuck those rules take pictures of me I want to get on drag race or whatever <laughs> wait a second tell give me a hint about who the reality tv star is before I say your name he was I'm holding a big, your name he was a big loser I'm thinking a big gay loser on MT on uh, NBC. I think that you're you're like something happens to you with like the biggest loser. It's on Bob Harper. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't watch the show. I'm so sorry. I'm just you fished program. it out of me. He looked great. He was having a great oh, time. Love him. I, I had love my his eggs. flirt with Andy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, what they did got you vibes. eat? Um, they have like a whole egg bake thing that I had, which was delicious. Well, guys, I mean, this episode's going to be sunny side up. How many things can I say to pivot to this guest name? You guys, so excited. Back on the People's People Zoom, Patreon, Kiki, except it's not Patreon. It's AG Classic Couch. Welcome back, Ryan Houlihan. Ryan, how are you? Oh, I'm good now. I'm so happy to be back. I'm, I'm talking to my favorite lady. I mean, listen, we haven't spoken in a minute. Just kidding. <laughs> I've called you literally 30 times today. And um, I am just so excited to talk to you because there's so much happening. And I feel like I was thinking about us before we recorded because that's really what I do in my free time. And, you know, there's something to be said for our relationship and our friendship. I feel like we balance each other out well. Like if I am spiraling, you're a really good counter. My hope is that not to say that you've ever spiraled, but like if you're having a moment, which we all do, we're all human people, then I hopefully add a little bit of a zhuzh. Like we, you're I very good at being like, at me being like, I'm so excited about this. It's amazing. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to drink nuclear waste. And you're like, hey, bud, <laughs> you want to Google nuclear waste? <laughs> 
A hundred percent. And I, you know, call you when Rome is burning and you're like, it's okay. What about Paris? I'm like, you know what? That's a really valid point. That's a really valid point. Have you considered fiddling? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So listen, how are you? How is your, how has your October journey been so far? Good. As a spooky gay, I'm living out loud. I, I, you know, I don't want to waste your listeners time because we're on FaceTime right now, but I could give you a tour. My husband turned our apartment into like Halloween Fantasia. (laughs) I'm surrounded by like a spirit Halloween store right now. Are you? Yeah. Do you guys go all out? All out. I mean, we took our chandelier and we turned it into a spider. So are you gonna yeah, tell me. Well, we're just living we're living out loud. Halloween has always been my like Christmas and I'm shameless about it, just like I am with Disney World. I don't care if it's cheesy or chuggy or chintzy or whatever to people. I like Halloween. I think it's a lot of fun. And I don't really care if if you think I'm a child. I enjoy it. So my whole apartment is currently Halloween decked out. I have four costumes ready to go. What are your costumes? Can we know? Um, I can tell you two of them. And you're going to be excited about one. One of which okay. is I'm going to go as 1966 Batman. And I'm going to make my husband go as Robin. Love that. I'm <laughs> guessing that's not the one that I'm supposed to be. No, no, no. Okay, I just, I'm finally thin enough to dress as a superhero. Oh so I'm like God. really excited about Ryan. it. <laughs> and on the other side of things, I'm going to a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Halloween party. And I'm going as Kathy Hilton in full drag. Second, where is this party and why wasn't I invited? How am I not the guest of honor? It's a very small housewarming party of like six people um, at my friend Chelsea's, and we're all dressing as uh, Beverly Hills characters. And I'm dressing my husband as Kim Richards, his favorite housewife, and I'm going as <gasps> Kathy Hilton. <laughs> and I got covering? a scary, I got scary baby doll heads to make into a wreath. <laughs> Are you gonna cover your husband in turtles or something? Like, can yes. you get a little heart made out of turtle pictures? He's gonna his hands are gonna are gonna he'll be wearing gloves made of chicken salad. <laughs> oh, if you got him to bring just like one of those glass bowls and just had him knead whatever and say it's chicken salad. If he really wanted to be method, he should be preparing chicken salad yeah. with his hand. And you can just, you know, have him, you know, drink water with a straw or something because he should be in the process of kneading the entire night, the whole, the night. entire night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to get him a Target shopping bag and, like, uh, a Disney horse or whatever. Like, one of those Disney horses. Oh did you ever my, hear her so story you, about the Disney horse? That she couldn't ride it? No, she couldn't ride Kim? regular horses because she'd only ever ridden horses oh, right. at Disney. And the Disney horses are trained that you don't need to know how to ride them. They're just so good. And she got after she was with Disney, she got on a regular horse and she realized she had no idea how to ride a horse. And that was like, to me, the ultimate Kim Richards anecdote of just like, what has this world done to this poor girl? <laughs> um, Speaking of wild fucking anecdotes, I think you should get a Barbie doll and like strap it to your head or something because of this new revelation, revelash, that Kathy Hilton got hit in the head by a with a ball or something at a Barbie commercial? I mean, how do we not know that? How do we not know great American history? Like, what happened to us? Public school who's education. Reco- like, who's recording? What, like, what, it's your, your job, the scribes of history, to get this down. The Library of Alexandria is burned, apparently. Who is the Beverly Hills dramaturg who fucked up this poorly Brian so that Moylan. I had to learn... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, which you maybe are and maybe aren't. I don't really know. Um, 
Ryan, there's so much for us to discuss. We did start off our pre, we had like six pre-shows for this and our pre-pre-recording was to say that we weren't going to talk about Beverly Hills. I know. Because there's so much going on in Potomac and Salt Lake City. I will say Potomac and Salt Lake City are, this is, this is, they're in their golden eras. Like this is like Housewives at its most delicious and perfectly casted and it's just hit hit it hit it hit it hit it just they're not missing this it's just it's it is a wild sunday night and i'm having a lot of fun at the movies beverly hills on the other hand is now a sideshow act that i can't stop talking and thinking about but i know it's not golden age beverly hills what the fuck are you kidding? It's one of the best seasons. Of, maybe oh, it's not golden age, but it was yes. one of the best seasons of all time. It's yes. not golden age. I get it. Golden I totally age is the first with... two seasons. We're never going to recapture the magic right. that was. We'll never. Yeah. And shouldn't be. We no. shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be to. legal. It should not it be, legal. be legal. It shouldn't be legal. Oh, my God. That's totally true. It's a phenomenal season. Historic in so many ways. The wildest, the craziest ways. But it's not golden age. It's not golden age. What makes a franchise season a golden age Housewives I think the season? first time that, that it finds its identity and rhythm, and then we know from then on that's what the city is. And it can reinvent itself and stuff, but it's like Scary Island was like it's like a virgin mm. moment where you were like, oh, that's who Madonna is. I get her. I like her. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, hi. I was like, oh, my God. Jill Zarin coming in and crashing this vacation mm. oh is what New York is. You know what I mean? Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. Kim and Kyle fighting in a limo is what mm-hmm. Beverly Hills is at its essence. And when it, when they stumble upon that, like Vicky screaming about a little family van or like, did you go up to mm-hmm. Bass Lake to Gretchen? Like that was like, oh, OC is suburban hatred. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh, this is this is just suburban hell and heaven. And they're just squished into like an hour and I get to just enjoy it and like slurp it down. <laughs> What do you think is the vibe or the style that Salt Lake City can now be identified by? It is the gossipy people that you know from church that you feel like they're like part of your family, but they're not really. They could leave you at any moment, but you spend a lot of time together and there's a lot of gossip happening. And it, that they're all of dis- different religions just adds to the variety for the viewer at home. But they very much have the vibe of like, of like, well, did you hear like or 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 so and so 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 and so is is my cousin we just found out <laughs> i also love that i totally agree and i love that they're building upon the idea that many of us cannot tell some of them apart like lisa barlow and meredith i do i do believe that we can all tell apart now there are two blondes and then two husbands one of whom has a million dollars to spare as one does i mean honestly same and the other one is the husband of one of the blondes. And I was like, I cannot tell both husbands apart. And I truly didn't even realize that there were two separate blondes until the second time I watched. And then I was like, wait, one of these is a Sarah something. One of these is, I want to call her Paige, but I know that's wrong. She looks I like a Paige. I identified her as Sarah Paulson in the Lana Del Rey biopic. Okay. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> I mean, and yet the it does feel like there is some sort of beautiful Mormon magic happening where the editors are just 
they're ride. They're like mid coast. We start. They're not even riding the wave. They're like on top <laughs> of the wave, and the wave. God forbid. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Is never two thumbs up, maybe ten. Never ending. This is never cresting. No, never cresting. This is a wave that keeps getting higher, and 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 there's nothing in its way. And I'm thrilled. I'm like, let's go. I I I think the moment that I like that this most recent episode that I was like, oh, this franchise is not just perfect. It's like. I am tuning in every week for must-see television. I will miss mm. moments. I have to pay attention. I can't, like, play a video game while I watch. Mm. I need to, like, sit mm-hmm. and, like, focus. Um, was when Heather said, oh, I'm not going to the thin part of the ice because I lied about my weight. <laughs> the way I felt During myself that in that fight. moment. Like, when I had to get my fucking driver's permit or driver's license at whatever, I guess 16, and I thought they weighed you at the DMV, and I was like, I don't know how... I should negotiate this, but I guess it needs to be realistic, but also not yet or maybe ever attainable. <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, Heather Gay, regardless of what you're doing in press about Jen Shaw, you are my sister. Well, that's you are my sister. That's the thing. The best housewives is I know you're not a good person consciously, but God, do I like watching you? <laughs> like you're doing something bad. I get it. We're, we're all acting out. That's part of the job here. But you're so good at being on television. Just stay on it forever. <laughs> but also, isn't she a good per? I mean, this is so yeah. shitty of me. But like, it's because I identify as her that I'm like, wait, may- might need to protect her, aka myself. Don't we think she's like? I think she's a good person. At her, at her core, person? I think she has good intentions yeah. and, and stuff. But I think I gave up on any housewife ever considering them a good person. Um, around Stephanie's fall from grace with a lot of the like mm. MAGA stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. If Stephanie is like, like, I just, I'm not, I'm not signing on for anybody to just be like, oh, wow, I blindly support them. I can't do that with anybody on Bravo. And I think that that's fair. I think everyone would understand. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a single Eileen, maybe Eileen is the only housewife who's never been like problematic in some way. Um, I mean, I would say until this season heather thompson too yeah um, but may season. it's may her memory be a blessing and maybe <laughs> we'll see her back i mean i don't know wait i want to get back to salt lake city but yeah. before we do i have two quick questions for you because i don't know that i actually know this answer even though i'm sure i've asked you on the previous 10 episodes of which you've guessed it so beautifully which housewife would you call your spiritual housewife not your favorite housewife but the housewife who you could identify with spiritually and that can be a pro in a problematic way as you know even though at one point she was my favorite but like again may her memory rest in peace shannon bador for a long time has had slash had been my spiritual housewife for reasons that are both optimistic and challenging but honest (laughs) Who is your spiritual housewife? And and it can be anyone, obviously, uh, uh, present, past, whatever. This is, I know what it sounds like, but I have to be honest. I have if always say, felt very represented. Danielle, I'm going to fucking No, no. Oh, my you. God. I knew, I, the way that you, no, but wait, but no. let's just say that. The listeners are, get me right now. Me, I'm I like, I'm like Kelly Dodd. Terrible. No. <laughs> I know you're building to something terrible. I was going to say. Just ba- tell me the franchise. Don't tell me who, tell me the franchise first. New York. Okay, then I think I you were about to say it, so I know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I Bethany has forever long been mm-hmm. the person who I felt is my mm-hmm. audience insert in the world of Bravo. Recently, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that's like from the past week, not loving, 
Um, I love her charity work. I didn't love what she had to say about trans people. I wasn't like vibing with that for her. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know what you were talking about for a second. And I haven't listened to the clip because I, I don't know. But it's not the first problematic thing she's done. And certainly her viewpoint and her tone and the way she approaches issues. I I see a lot of positive and negative about Mm -hmm. myself. in. Mm -hmm. I similarly like a lot of, uh, I see a lot of my the a lot of things that are positive about Heather Dubrow, I think, are also positives about me. But we have very different negatives. Um, but I think my favorite housewife, this isn't I know this isn't what you asked, but I think this week I realized that my current favorite housewife, uh, Candy Burris, you'll always have a place in my heart. But I think it's Meredith mm-hmm. Marks. I think Meredith I is knew my that favorite you were housewife. Say Meredith Marks. I knew that you were going to say that. I, I think it just clicked for me. I was like, I like Meredith a lot. I want to spend a lot of time with her. How and how so how did this how did the puzzle pieces fit into a Brooks Marks tracksuit? Not how to say that you she said she defended her. her son and mm-hmm. how she wasn't going to turn this into a like as much as she is recording it. Um, and certainly she showed up to filming. She wasn't trying to make this like a, a housewives moment where like someone throws wine. She was like, just apologize. And then we can move on. And obviously Jen's like pathologically unable to do that and pulls all these stunts where she's throwing her tennis bracelet. But I saw her just be like walking away and being surrounded by people who were encouraging her to either betray her son or to make a moment out of it, which Mm. I think Whitney and Heather were to the side because they were like, let them battle this one out. Jenny's hyping them all up, like being like yelling at them. Like, you barely know these people. (laughs) Um, Lisa's out there like, why don't you just apologize to her or whatever? And it's like, I don't think anyone here has good intentions for Brooks, who this is about, other than Meredith. Mm-hmm. And that combined with a lot of the supercut of her being like, who's calling who a fraud? Or like when she was like, I told Jen not to go after my family on Watch Happens Live. The playfulness with which she is um, sticking to her guns and the excitement with which she has, uh, the excitement that she has for what is going on on the show even when it's like I want to say like even when it's like negative or it doesn't involve her she 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 listens to what's going on I don't get the vibe that Lisa Barlow knows a lot about what's happening in the other women's lives or that Mary's like keeping up with them Meredith I believe is listening when people talk and I think that that she clearly doesn't have to you know like she'd still be on the Mm -hmm. show if she just disregarded everyone's feelings in current situations and she doesn't and I like that about her I think I like a housewife who has a level of normalcy and a level of surreality to them I want someone who I'm like you're grounded but you live in cuckoo banana land like, I, I like, like, Heather Dubrow. Heather Dubrow will tell you when your behavior is outrageous, but also her house is way more outrageous than anything you'll ever do with your life. <laughs> That's such a good point. So I like Meredith, and I like her husband most of the time as well, and I like that they've been very transparent about what's going on in their marriage um, for the, that we know of so far, but they've, mm-hmm. they've shown stuff that they didn't necessarily need to, um, mm-hmm. and they did it in a pretty realistic way where they were, like, they were like, this is what's happening or whatever, and they didn't... I don't know. It didn't feel like they were doing it to play out a storyline. And so whether or not they actually were playing out a storyline doesn't matter to me because functionally I bought it. And so I like that. Um, I love here. I love hearing this from you. I really do. Can I ask what your reaction is to the overall um, Brooks dynamic? He's gotten a lot of pushback previously on social. And I'm, I want to get your thoughts on um, 
on Jen's argument that he came for her and somehow Meredith came for her kids. I want to get your thoughts, especially because of your connection to Meredith and to Brooks. Anyone under the age of 25 is unpleasant to be around. And I don't blame Brooks for being unpleasant. I'll say, Mm. I don't think, I think he can, he's very affected. Obviously. I think that's a total defense mechanism. I totally understand it. He clearly has some thirst for what the show could provide him. Also understand that anyone judging him for wanting camera time, you watch Bravo. You clearly understand. (laughs) You clearly understand the benefit of the camera time to these people, especially to Mm -hmm. a young person who wants to get into a field that will be directly benefited from TV time. Um, But so I don't, I try not to judge him so much as I try to like enjoy his affectations and like what he brings out in his mom and leave the rest. You know, I don't need to buy a tracksuit. But I do think, I think if he hasn't come out, whether or not you thought that he did or that he was going to or that he will is none of your fucking business. Like, it's not any of your business. And yelling grinder and flashing your vag, like, as much as if I, if that were me at 20 years old, I probably would have laughed along and high-fived you and walked out and been like, my mom's friend is a mess. But that. Any reaction to that is totally valid, and you should have apologized then. And when you didn't, and he went around and talked about the thing that bothered him, you shouldn't have been shocked. Because if 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 you do something that's going to bother somebody, they're going to talk about it, especially if they're like a child. And I think anybody under 25, for, for, in general for me, housewives-wise, is... It's not that they're off limits. It's just like, where is this going? You're not going to change them. Their actions are not the responsibility of their parents because they're legal adults making their own choices. And... You're not going to change. They're 20. He's 21 or 22 or whatever. You're not going to fix him and make him like the person you want him to be who talks through his conflicts. He's a child. Um, But I also think like I, I, it's it, it's just so truly none of Jen's business. And for her to not understand the perspective of like, I'm telling you exactly the reason that he's hurt, whether or not it's intentional. I'm telling you, you now understand what you did. You are not only denying that you did it, you're denying like our the validity of me and my son being upset. And again, if it was just Meredith, totally fine. Deny her validity. We're on Housewives. We're here to have fun. Um, but Brooks is like, that's real life stuff, right? Like even mm-hmm. the marriages are two adults who have chosen to be on television and they've both agreed to film. And even if Brooks is jumping to be on screen, I just don't think that a 21-year-old really knows what he's getting himself into in that regard. And to go so hard at him over so early over something so personal to me is deranged. And so I my entire sympathy is with Brooks and his mom. I think that this is probably it, it, genuinely incredibly painful. If this was me before I had come out, or if this was even me when I had come out and my parents were uncomfortable with it, or felt any sort of insecurity or any sort of shame, or we were working through any of this, it probably would have destroyed our relationships and my self-image for a very long time. And my parents and I have not always been on great terms. And I'm really glad we had the time and space to work it out alone without anybody's input. And pun intended, go to Uh, uh, Um, uh, (laughs) inputmag.com. See how I just get ads in for free? I love it. I'm Um, so into it. uh, I I think like this whole thing is just too real for me. Like it's, it's, it's dark. It's not like you broke etiquette or you said something about my friend or you stole a caterer. This is like, Jen, I need you to just actually realize what's happening. And like, obviously this is going to be 
played out over the course of a while and it will impact lots of different storylines. But I need you to wrap up right here admitting that you did something wrong so me and my son can move on and that she isn't doing that. None of it, none of the rest of it matters. I don't have to like Brooks. I don't have to like want to hang out with him. I don't have to want to buy his tracksuit. I don't have to think he's cool, even though I might think all of those things. And I'm not saying I don't. None of that. It's completely immaterial because what Jen is doing and did is so directly harmful to someone who is not in her line of fire, really, that I think it speaks really heavily to her character, but it also speaks to the character of the people around her. Um, that as much as Heather and Whitney have been saying, like, you know, you're wrong. You should just go apologize. Like, they've been telling her straight up to her mm-hmm. face. Hanging out with someone and having fun with them when you know that there's this giant thing that they're doing and that's completely unresolved is wildly uncomfortable for me. And I can't just, like, blindly be like, well, we're friends, so I'm not thinking about it. That's, like, uncomfortable for me, too. So if I were them, I'd be a little bit more – I mean, if I was Heather in general, I'd be a little bit lighter in the loafers about, you know, dancing around the gems of it all because mm-hmm. I think she's making some bad calls on that front. But, but again, that's between the two of them, and they're adults, and they're both stars of the show. I mean, at least um, Heather and Whitney are recognizing and talking about yeah. what – Meredith is doing Lisa isn't even doing that she's like gaslighting her friend by refusing to acknowledge the reality so that she doesn't have to participate in the exploration of said reality and the whole thing with Jen saying she said a couple times which may have been difficult to understand because she was screaming so much but which I can appreciate um she said a couple times that like but he harmed me and putting aside how he harmed her kids which who could have harmed her kids more when it comes to her reputation on camera than Jen herself, that him harming her by talking about it being uncomfortable, seeing her, I'm going to take him literally seeing her vagina as someone with a vagina. Swipe right. If you're interested, I don't ever want to see my parents, friends or anybody's if anyone shows me organs their without, genitals I'm gonna talk their shit <laughs> and how would that have worked if Jen didn't have a vagina but had a, a different sexual organ you know like it doesn't it doesn't cross over to me so the fact that she is female is not an exception to the idea that you should not behave in that way and the way that Meredith has characterized it ha- she has said that like she asked her not to do this and she kept flailing her legs. And if he literally saw her in the context of being with his mother and his mother's friend being filmed for a reality show where they're obviously getting his reactions to these very uncomfortable sexualized situations, I would have said much worse in than what he said. In front of his parents, in, in his front childhood. Of his mother, in, it, it, in his, well, not childhood, but in front yeah, of his house, in, in, in his, his house, in, in his, his house. In his house in which he is still not a complete adult who is independent and completely self-sufficient. He's in a home with his parents. He's functionally a child in the relationship. And someone's flashing their genitals to him in front of his parents on national I'm television. So uncomfortable of with it. Of course, of course course he's gonna talk shit I can't imagine the people at home are not realizing like I don't think the people at home 100% of the time realize that the people on screen are real people and that's like their real Mm -hmm. life that even if it's a fantastic situation they've chosen to be in the fallout of it is in real time for them with their real friends on their real social media blowing up their real phones at their real holiday parties they have to be like 
I'm embarrassed for the next whatever. And also that it's going to be the first thing that comes up when you Google him. And he has some pretty stated intentions of having a public life uh, doing fashion. So mm-hmm. to kick it off on this foot for him is really unfair um, and takes... I mean, yes, when you go on TV, you roll the dice. But to hijack someone's first, like, public outing as a professional who is, like, you know, it's like, I'm my mom's going to be on the show. Maybe I can get five or ten minutes to plug my product that we're going to do this business together or whatever. Don't shit on it. Like, shit on the product if he continues to plug it and you don't like the product. But don't shit on him on his first appearance on camera It just, it all feels so wrong in so many ways that it's really hard to find an out. I really, every time I've seen people defend her, it's like, well, you know, if you're ready to talk spicy, you got to expect spicy talk back. It's like, I don't think saying someone showed me their genitals without my consent or without my consent is spicy talk. I think that's, it's. Uh, Yeah, I hear you. My pushback to to that is there is an argument that he is appearing way too much on camera and is a character in a way that he he's a character so it's like when you sign up for this there's going to be valid critique and I totally get that I also think Seth was not here for a lot of filming and obviously at some point there was a decision that someone needed to step in in like the surrogate family role to support Meredith as a housewife that she has another son who we don't see on camera. Chloe is in New York going to school and and um, Brooks was able to be there. So it's like we're punishing him for filling that role on camera that obviously he agreed to do, but may have served a strategic purpose truly in supporting his mom. And I think people think, well, he's doing it. And of course, as you said, why, why wouldn't he? But I do also think there is another reason for this, that he's actually also helping his dad, which is something that not, that isn't really discussed. I do want to shift gears from this a little bit, because there are other things I want to get your thoughts on, but I do have two just remaining questions before we close the door on this aspect of SLC, which is, is in the moment do you think that Jen believed in her own apology when she apologized to Meredith and do you think regardless of whether or not Meredith felt it was honest and real um did that matter to her as much as actually hearing it on camera I think what was the value of it it mattered to Meredith to hear an apology and some mm-hmm. kind of contrition just to say that she did this for her son. I think that's an mm-hmm. important thing. She didn't let up until she got something for him. That's really important to them. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't I think Jen genuinely wants this to be over, but I don't mm-hmm. believe she did. She believes she did anything wrong or that she has anything to atone for or. She believes that she was just doing reality TV fun personality stuff and he's being really dramatic and she's stirring the pot and but she's not realizing that like you're not dealing with Lisa Rinna. You're dealing with like a child about the most danger, destructive, hard, painful thing that he's ever dealt with besides maybe his parents possible divorce and you're like Mm -hmm. stirring at it and it's like I don't know. I so I don't I, I think she I think she. I think the value of it was real to Meredith, but not real to Jen. Jen said that there's a double standard when it comes to um, uh, criticisms, rather, um, sort of lobbed her way. Would you agree with her that there is some sort of double standard? I think she has set up a double standard for herself Mm. because she has created a situation where she apologizes one day. She's still mad the next or she's still 
believes she did nothing wrong the next day. Mm -hmm. She gets an apology, but then she stays mad at people. She's on Twitter making problems in between seasons that are just completely over or immaterial that you don't need to do for attention um, or relevancy. Um, I think you create a double standard when you set up a pattern of behavior that people can't expect you to keep your word. If if I don't expect someone to keep their word, I'm going to have to keep tabs on them if I have to be around them. And I don't get there. I don't get I I give you the benefit of the doubt when I first meet you. It's if you Mm -hmm. repeatedly screw up, which she has, you've created the double standard. So whether or not she's right that it exists, um, it's immaterial. There should be a double standard for Jen Shaw. And of the things we know now, of course, there should be a separate standard for someone who has verifiably got no conscience. Yeah, and she does seem to be rather focused on the fact that she didn't do things intentionally, which really has nothing to do. It is something, but it's not everything when Meredith is explicitly telling her that, like, regardless of her intent, the impact was enormous. Intent is one of the pieces of the puzzle that you have to put together in situations Mm -hmm. that are really unpleasant or where someone's done something really egregiously wrong intent is a piece of it but it's not by any means the largest piece i it's nice to know but it's not like it's like a flag on the top of a boat it's good you didn't stick a flag on your giant evil boat but um it's still a giant evil boat you know what i mean or whatever it's like you 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 to draw attention to it and to like to purposefully do things are 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 difficult and and awful. But if you say to someone like I didn't mean to do this and I didn't bring it up after that and I tried to just move on, it's still like you still did the harm. It's not like it's not like it's just gone. And I think intentionality is also like a coward's defense. If you don't have anything to say like about how you about how if you don't have no ability to own up and face the music, you can hide behind the fact of, but I didn't mean it. This isn't fair. And it's, you know, ignorance of the law or ignorance of your actions doesn't mean that they don't have material consequences. If I hit someone with my car and I, you know, accidentally did it, I still hit someone with my car, you know, like it doesn't go away. It's not gone. It's, it's part of the discussion when we talk about what I need to rehabilitate, but it certainly isn't, doesn't mean that it's like a mulligan. (laughs) A hundred percent. And for Jen, who's also now accused in federal court of like intending to defraud bajillions of people and as the co-conspirator mastermind of this enormous fraud based empire, her talking about her intent is like, sweetie, you might as well practice and talk about the fact that even if you intended to do a certain thing. It landed in a way that was different or There's, this is practice for you. Either it's, way, it's, it's also, not it's it's fascinating timing for us. It, there's something to be said about the fact that we know what most of her intentions right. are. We know what her driving, what drives her. We know what gets her up in the morning. Meredith, part of why I like her to bring it back around. I just realized this while talking it out is there is an air of mystery to what's going there on. There is. I I want to know what Meredith thinks and why she does things and what her opinions are. I genuinely want to spend time with this woman. With Jen, I'm like, you want attention and money and, like, sexual power. That's all that Jen seems to have pursued in our time with her. And attention and money and sexual power, like, I, I, I they're not noble goals that I can be like, well, she was just trying to get a business off the ground. Like, she was just trying to steal and defraud and, 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 and capture people's attention through positive or negative behavior. 
I don't know. I find Jen to be a very worrying character. Like that, th- that we need to as uh, as a community, we need to <laughs> we need to request that Bravo only use only invite someone like that on sparingly. You know, like a little Danielle Staub here, a little Jen Shaw there. I get it. We're gonna throw a little like we we want to throw a bomb over the fence, but. Mm-hmm. Housewives tends to attract a certain kind of personality, and I think it, it we're getting an increasing frequency of these people that I don't think are in service of what most people like about the show. Conversely, you know, a little bit goes a long way. It really kind of shows you the power of a strong beta, which I have argued for years through Kyle Richards, which a lot of people don't like. But Meredith Marks, and they have every right to, Meredith Marks to me is the epitome of a strong beta with flashes of something which I wouldn't necessarily consider alpha energy. She just sort of has that spark, which is She's so a star. I mean, she's, she's a, like She's Sonya. a disengaging star. Yes. What? Well, she's like Sonia. She's like Sonia in the fact that I truly believe that I would watch either of them do almost anything. Oh, forever. And and be and and just anything. And so when if combined them being so interestingly affected and Mm -hmm. so mysterious in their motives and their drives and their 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 opinions, um, combine that with a little star power and boom boom shebang, baby. You've got a you've got a (laughs) franchise. Um, listen, I want to get your thoughts on the Lisa of it all, because I thought that final scene was so alum. I was charmed by it, which I know wasn't necessarily the purpose of it, but it was certainly the result. Before I do that, though, I do need to give a shout out to one of my favorite charming hotels. This past week, I had the joy, the pleasure of staying at the Sofitel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills, one of my favorite stays. I have stayed there before. We're both doing the chef's kiss, which um, you can't see because it's an audio podcast, but we're telling you about it and that matters. Uh, The location is perfect for LA, right at the center of Los Angeles at the crossroads of Beverly Hills and West Hollywood. It is the iconic location of Pantygate. Did I wear my undergarments in honor of Erica Jane? Yes, I did. But was I thinking about that moment, that scene? I, did I watch a little bit of it during the trip and literally yesterday and today trying to pull back my stay back into the memory of my body? 1000% I did. Uh, it's a bajillion star hotel with luxury amenities you dream of. I had a crazy stunning view of the Hollywood Hills, the Hollywood sign and more. They have a jazz, like a celebrity hotspot bar and hair salon and so much more. And I just want to give uh, a shout out to the Sofitel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills for being so kind and generous. It was my second time staying there. I hope to come back soon and stay there again. Um, it was absolutely incredible. And I have to tell you, I've stayed at some like fancy pants hotels including in Beverly Hills and the care that they brought into everyone helping the COVID safety it was absolutely five star if you're interested in following them on social you absolutely do at absolutely do and should at Sofitel Los Angeles website to book www.sofitel-los-angeles dot com. Thank you so much, Sofitel Los Angeles at Beverly Hills for such a wonderful stay. Invite me. 
<laughs> no, I love Ryan and I, I would love to go. <laughs> oh my god, they're they're incredible, and you know I love the French. You know I do oh. want to be by continental <laughs> wait where's france i don't know it's somewhere in the world and i want to be there in it's new york in and also orlando LA. right it's in orlando by the ratatouille <laughs> right yes that's a thousand percent it. okay listen pivoting back to that last moment with lisa who is this woman non-page what the fuck angie did i make that up rachel <laughs> what is her name i Brenda? knew it before we started talking and now i swear to god it. we're calling her An- angelica rachel her okay. name is angie r the blonde the yes. ma- not sarah whatever but angie r i truly have absolutely like, no idea about her name but it is her name now it is her yeah. name now yeah that moment her entry as a friend of her dipping into so many different little pools of fucking drama and giving us this gift. What's your reaction? She came to make a splash and enemies mm, out of lifelong splash. friends. <laughs> and oh frankly, I really respect that. I really think that that, yes. you know what? Like if this is Lisa's job now, Lisa buckle up because I'm going to help you uh, perform your duties. Um, I thought it was what an episode to make your, as your entrance trans rights, Yes, million dollar donations. Fights, beautiful casino night, by the way. Very nicely pulled off. Um, Gorgeous, not since literally any casino night. Apologies to Katie Ross, but this is how it gets done. Also, Angie R's pink feather outfit, her million dollar dress, one of the my favorite outfits anyone has worn on any. I can't stop watching that moment because I am like a god. I have a pair of manolas that are very similar that maybe I'll break out for the next time we record. AKA I'll point to them while wearing literally nothing <laughs> on my feet. I and I, I, wish, I thought she looked stunning. I the dress don't know itself her name, was a, but was I an want ally. to know her dress. Her, her dress was an ally to LGBTQ plus IA plus community. It was absolutely fabulous, and I can't get enough. Do you think that she believes that Lisa – do you think that Lisa was involved in this revoking the booking of catering for this event through her I assistant? Think, well, let's just start with Lisa is very powerful in that area, especially yes. in the catering in the catering and corners. The events, no, but like for real, yes. she has a huge career in PR events, Sundance. Yeah. She's been she on Housewives. A lot of people, a lot of work. Just for that. She's appeared yeah. on Housewives before this show started, mm-hmm. the, this franchise. She appeared on Housewives just because of that power. So like – Yeah, I do believe that if she did a phone call and said, wow, I didn't know you were doing that. Well, very interesting. And then she hung up. That person would take it as a threat. She doesn't need Mm -hmm. to make an explicit, like, if you do her event, you're not doing my event. I thought that we had a special relationship. She doesn't have to say that. She can just say, wow, well, hmm, okay. And someone's going to say, well, I think Lisa's uncomfortable, so we should probably drop out because she does a lot of business with us. And then it makes it back through the grapevine. The reality of what happened makes it back rather than the like point for point. This is what was explicitly said. Um, but I, I do know that like the caterers did come up with a solution. Like I, the brother or somebody did the event instead. Um, and mm. that the event clearly went off without a hitch and was, and was good. So I do, I think it was kicked up as a little extra drama and something to bring to her. Yes. And I think her reaction was mostly out of being blindsided and not really knowing how to prove like, that she like how in the moment do you prove that you didn't intimidate someone by mentioning something like it's impossible but I think and but I do think that that reaction was because she didn't know it was coming and it does I do think that they puffed up the drama a little bit like I don't think it was that dire of a circumstance 
also 100% she introduced her friend to this show and then her friend was like cool cool yes. cool I really want to do it so what I'm gonna do is a thousand percent fuck with you and loop in your primary foe who I'm now gonna care I share some sort of like very long de- early in the line bloodline and now I love I'm gonna to- say when you're here your family like it's like absolutely insane it's I love insane. to I love to that Mormons just say cousin as if like I mean, yeah, conceivably there's an O'Houlihan <laughs> running around Ireland that I'm related to, but I don't think I would call them my cousin. It really gave Megan King Edmonds in Dublin just talking Not to random people on the street. Megan King Edmonds <laughs> stood on a streetcar in fucking Dublin and said, are you my family? Have we witnessed the bringing together of cousins as a way to form an alliance? <laughs> And honestly, I'm here for it. I'm pretty sure that there is some way that Whitney and I are related at this point. Characters on Game over of Thrones, Utah, like it's unbelievable. It's characters unbelievable. on Game of Thrones had less tenuous relationships than these two, and they literally ruled by like blood family lines. It was really tenuous. I will say that, but but I also think like. If you know that your friend signed up for a friend of, you got to know you're probably going to lose that friend. Never sign up for a reality show with someone mm. you're friends with. It's just where it goes. That's just reality. Or you might get like a nice little ride. It will eventually crumble. My guess is that Lisa thought she got more than she would get more than an hour of Angie, <laughs> Rachel before this fucking hit the fan. But I mean, and the fact that Whitney was a part of it and the fact that Whitney doesn't understand which I love about her there's like no breaking the fourth wall on Salt Lake City there just is the fourth wall and they tap dance all over it the fact that Whitney walks into that party and when uh when she is ignored pivots out to the camera she does this like whatever plie ballet fifth position move and does it again when she's told to leave the space like she is looking at the producers as a way of being like can you believe this is happening because I think to her they are an active participant surely in her life they are but it's just it is bliss to me it is bliss it is if, bliss. For two things. One, I need Whitney to speak to us and not the people in the room for the rest of the show. I want oh her to God, just I, love I, it. I just I love want her it. to be like, can you believe this? Around the corner of or uh, people are fighting or whatever. Uh, I want that, but also I have to say, if I was Lisa Barlow, who I don't particularly care for, I, I love her so much. I'm sorry. Oh, I love her. watching her. But she's I, great. I, I almost kind of am into her as a result. I don't know why. I can't. I you can't explain the people you love. I can't. I can't. I can't say sorry for it. <laughs> I I would. I completely get it that Lisa hates Whitney because this is the second time that an event centric ac- accusation that probably was <laughs> mostly misinterpreted came to her doorstep, and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like those bartenders that didn't work for her that Whitney was mad at. Like it's. You know, I I think we've established something of a pattern on Whitney's end. However, (laughs) however. Which Angie R. knows. Which Angie R. knows. Yeah, she's seen the show. Angie R. has seen the show. I mean, she's now inside of it. You know, you know, Whitney watched like every Housewives before she got on, right? Well, here's my question. A lot of people are like the Whitney performance. It's very it is obviously performative this season. Yeah. But because she is also she does give me big Barbie energy where some of us think we're Barbie, but like 
maybe we're a little bit skipper. Like it's it <laughs> is she is. Yeah, her, I mean it's a it's obviously it's a juicier, pumped up version. Sure, but who doesn't give it's us still that? Fun. That it's was still the fun. Vicky Gonvalson. That's Vicky Gonvalson. Uh, wow, these comparisons you're making are very... No, because Vicky Gonvalson, no matter what scene she was in, she was identifiably could not keep herself from being Vicky Gonvalson. However, when she pumped herself up to go to Mexico and Andales and whatever else, I was like, you know what? Pump yourself up. Have a fun, rip-roaring time. Play out your little, like, fucking uh, uh, f- fantasy of your Mexican sexual conquest with your man or whatever. Like, do whatever you got to do. But... She's, she can't help but be Vicky. And I do believe that Whitney and her heart of hearts cannot help but be Whitney. She's going to get on the pole. She's going to spin around. She's going to say things that I don't think she understands aren't very sexy. <laughs> I mean, it's true. When, when her husband slapped her on that ass with the cake or the food or whatever, you know, that upcoming uh, on the season scene where he's slapping her ass. They're like clearly in a very sexual situation. Ooh, I'm excited for that. They're in their underwear covered in cake or food (gasps) or something. And he slaps her on the ass and she goes, oh, yeah. And I was like, there is something so Whitney about this moment. Okay, you know what? Honestly, I'm just going to say it. We deserve it. After after Ashley and Michael and Ramona and Mario, and I would say Tamara and Eddie, which made me so viscerally uncomfortable. I am, it's not, I am a little bit into that like that gets me a little i'm into it like they are fucking sexy and they are enjoying each other and i love to see it what's interesting with whitney as opposed to many other housewives is that i do believe there's two no there isn't two i don't want to i don't want to say that there's two but there's two overarching themes with housewives sexuality where they either Mm. ooze it because they're naturally very sexual people or Mm there's a performative level of like, I'm doing the check boxes of sexuality, but mm. it's only because I know I get X, Y, and Z. Like people treat me a certain way and it's a level of respect. But like Erica Jane has never put out a vibe of real sexuality, but she does all the stuff she's supposed to. It's um, all performative. But it's all performative. It ends right where the makeup ends. <laughs> Whereas Whitney, I believe, is just like doing her voiceover or like do shooting a confessional. And she's like, I'm going to fuck that man later. <laughs> Like, I do believe she, in her mind, is a sexual being living a sexually free, adventurous lifestyle. And I love that. I love to watch it. I And I also say, I also would say that when she says we, we're only having sex three to four days a week, whatever the number is, she knows that that is still a very high. Yes. Whitney is smarter than anyone maybe before has given her credit for. Yeah. And yet she also is Whitney with a little bit of a She's also judge. a little dumber than anyone gives her credit for. But right. in a, in and a I fun way. It. In a I good way. It. Yes. I love it. And also May she, we all. And she gets away with stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here for it. The way, like, Lisa can never really be able to rip her apart. And she knows that. And that probably annoys the fuck out of her. Because you can't. Whitney is a little bit of a Bambi. She's a little Bambi. She doesn't have big Bambi energy, but there's a little bit where it might be too easy to like really take her apart. And it might also be more difficult. And that's because there would be, I think, an audience response. It's it's just a different, it's not alpha or beta. It's just 
I don't know what it is. It's the complicated simplicity of it all. It's very difficult to grasp with. And I also think she gets a lot of extra graces as a result. I think the major criticism her way this season is the fact that it does feel performative, that she's doing – there's too much extra there, but I do also ag agree with the fact that at the root – Unlike with other people, including some, well, unlike with other people in the housewives realm, there is still some truth. Yeah. And, and I, and it, it, it's a very needed element on this particular franchise. The like kind of unpredictable, fun mm -hmm. ball of energy stuff is needed because this is a franchise of people who have been trained to either yes. button up and they're either maintaining that or, or they're rebelling against it but only like heather only in the most marginal and in like light of touch of ways we do need someone like whitney to just transgress and make it okay for everyone else to like drink a little alcohol do a little dance you know like i need you to go to that end of the spectrum so we know where the spectrum ends so everyone knows to hit the middle <laughs> and also even when whitney is fucking with someone and she surely was taking great relish in seeing lisa fucked with but she does still have a lot of natural light. And in a season with a cast, that includes Jen Shaw, who at her best is a very different kind of spirit. She just really is, plus our knowledge of what's coming, it is very helpful that we have somebody like Whitney who can balance it out. It just is necessary, regardless Whitney's of how you feel. And everybody has the right to criticize. Oh, yeah. If you don't like her, that's a, yeah. that's a total taste. 100%. Thing. Thousand um, percent. And her way of speaking, I find to be very interesting. And I love listening to her like sing song or whatever. Um, some people find it irritating. I get no, it. No, I like it too. I like it too. I think the best thing about Whitney is that when she, whenever a housewife does something that they know is wrong or bad or that they know they're making a problem for someone else, generally they have like a, a, a couple methods that they slip into. Luann's is usually like, I had no idea, but I just said what it is <laughs> on camera. <laughs> or Ramona does the like, she like pulls you in. She's like, "Did you hear?" And she's like, "She's like a she's like a cat with like a mouse in its in its in its jaws." Whitney and where the a, mouse is a saucy little giggling minx, and I love that. Yes. I love that she's like, e -e -e, and then she runs off into the night. Like that's so delightful in a cast. Like you said, she has a natural light in her. In a cast that tends to have a natural darkness in it. Honestly, maybe I want to be flirted a little bit. Yeah, like I want someone to flirt with me a little bit on Housewives, and she's a flirty motherfucker, and we deserve a little bit of a flirt we really do and I we believe really that do. she I believe that I believe that Whitney and Heather could go to a target and like and like navigate the experience I believe that Mary would have a nervous breakdown in a target she would be like Mary Who are would these buy people <laughs> Mary would be like you know what we needed a house here anyway just you get know. all the customers out we don't need them Robert, I already bought it all. <laughs> yeah 100% do you guys Pray to Jesus. Great. You're a part of my church now, too. I mean, there's a lot happening there. Listen, I want to shift gears to Potomac a little bit because yes, yes, yes. what a fucking wild ass episode we saw. What are what is your reaction to the mothering of it all when it comes to the ways that Candace feels that Mia weaponized her mother and Mia and the rest of the cast feel that Candace has weaponized her mom. What's your, how do you navigate that world and that dynamic? I think there's different levels of mean. And I think Candace's mom can handle a little shade when she is 
throwing quite a lot of it on camera, appearing during, you know, music video shoots. Like, it's mm. a very different relationship when your mom's rich and she's a psychologist and she's still doing these things to people. Like, at that point, I think you've opened yourself up, not to an attack, not to be like, oh, your mother's the worst person and I want to murder her. Like, that's the ridiculous. But I do think you open yourself up to shady comments or like someone taunting you in a fight. Um, it's housewives. But Mia's mom's clearly in a very different set of circumstances and living a very different life. And they clearly have stressors on their relationship that are like to to push Candace's buttons. You can say your mom pays for everything. But really, that's an indirect hit right on the unhealthy relationship she has with her mom. To say your mom's broke and a drug addict, it's like, well, those are her real issues. Like, stop talking about them. Those are the real issues. Like, you're not indirectly hitting. You're not You're not yell- saying this pattern of behavior is probably very embarrassing for you. It's truly, like, life and death stuff. And I don't, I, I don't know. To me, it feels different. Did Candace, I don't think that Candace ever explicitly said your mom is a drug addict. The response that the women were saying was stop bringing her mom into it because she has a history with addiction and because it is so obviously punching down. Yeah, I think um, it's saying like your mom's broke. Your mom is the response. I don't know that we'll, we do not know whether or not she knew about Mia's relationship with her mom prior. She obviously does now and has said on the after show she doesn't regret anything because it's Candace. And she and she when the lady said, hey, maybe this is a topic to pull out from. Like you get it. You're at the tag. Candace. She doubled, cool. down. She doubled right. down. And then she started throwing the lettuce because Mia wasn't giving her the response she wanted, which made Candace look Frankly, sorry, Candace fans, I know you were a legion. It made her look pathetic. You can't handle someone not reacting to you, so now you're going to get physical after an entire season where you performed how horrible physical violence was? Wait, I cannot believe yet again for the second time in 10 seconds I'm almost defending Candace. But when it came to the hand stuff, I thought it was Candace was using her hand to gesticulate, I think, and Mia told her to stop. But the lettuce thing, I thought that Mia threw, who threw the first lettuce at Stonewall, I thought that Mia threw the first lettuce at Candace, and then Candace responded. Did I get that wrong? I could 100% have gotten that wrong. I I thought Mia seemed very level-headed. She was like, okay, well, your mom sucks too. All right, well, goodbye. And Mia was handling that and her very drunk husband with a lot more grace than I expected out of any housewife. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I don't think Mia's like, she's not my favorite housewife ever, but I think that was a Mm -hmm. great moment for her. Um, I think then Candace threw the lettuce because in my perception of, of events... Mia wasn't reacting. She wasn't giving her an inch. And Candace mm-hmm. needs to see a reaction. And if she doesn't, she escalates. And we've seen this pattern over and over again. She does yes, it with. I agree. I mean, with that. when I her husband wouldn't pull an Uber around for her, she was like, "You're a deadbeat dad." She goes right for the kill. Um, and I think that was an embarrassing moment for Candace because not only did you double down on something that was ugly and a pattern of behavior that you clearly have been spoken to about before, you did the exact same thing that you spent the whole last season telling us that was so horrible. And and frankly, not to constantly relitigate last season, Monique was touched first by Giselle, but it's the same situation if Mia threw, or, or Candace threw lettuce, or Mia threw lettuce. It, at, at some point, when you are up in people's faces and you're pushing them and you're trying to get them to their breaking point, you then can't complain about what their breaking point is. Even though that, that behavior is still bad. I think like you're all that if you're, if you're, if someone's walking away from a fight and you're relentlessly chasing them down and saying things, you then don't get to be like, well, they didn't establish boundaries in the nice way. 
literally this is the upside down. I again, I and I'm not, you know, no. I do not fuck with Candace, but it, could a person argue that and I a, a thousand percent disagree with Candace res, responses as I do with essentially at this point 107 percent of them but could you argue that Candace herself was first triggered certainly she went down eight times as hard as she needed to mm-hmm. in all the worst ways and we all know that this foot size stuff has some other stuff buried underneath when it comes to body shaming but when it comes to first someone going too far could a person argue yes. that Candace was first triggered because Mia didn't necessarily fuck with her mom by like doing a punching down vibe with her mom but did give her mom the opportunity to unleash what we all know is some lurking resentment to make public about Chris like could one argue that Mia when it comes to like you don't learn your lesson with Candace isn't that actually a lesson that Mia also should have taken maybe first yes I will agree with you that Mia was uh, uh, completely in the wrong but I think that Candace is is this is a problem with many housewives you're right (laughs) you're right a hundred percent correct and And yet you went about it in such a bad way that I don't even remember and frankly it feels so inconsequential what the other person did to bother you you. and and frankly this is as Mia as like a first season housewife and like this is Candace's main storyline has been the husbandger of it all and the mom, and we're all on the music video set. It seems like the topic's going to come up. Mia didn't need to bring it up. Certainly, Karen was on her best behavior. Clearly, if Karen's not getting get messy, maybe you don't need to wade into the waters. But at the end of the day, I struggled to even remember how that interaction went because I had seen Candace do some horrifying things to a woman and talk about her feet and her body. Like, Candace always goes for body stuff. It is so gross. It's it's gross and it's and it's repugnant and it's her relishing in it. Candace enjoys it in a way that I feel like Mia's trying. It doesn't make it okay, but Mia's trying on a hat. Mia doesn't know the kind of housewife that she wants to be and who to come at. So she is constantly and she's constantly changing her mind. Is it sloppy? Yes. Is it messy? Yes. Does it make it less successful? One thousand percent. But I don't. And and, and you could argue that this is triggering because a person might know that Mia isn't this person. She's doing this performatively because she doesn't she hasn't yet hit her groove. I could get why that's frustrating. I could get why I could feel like I am being manipulated in that dynamic so that this person can figure out her role. I get that. But Candace does the thing that she has done every time where she looks at the ugliest tropes and the ugliest stereotypes while saying that she is the one who is being victimized and she always goes for the hardest and lowest cut, the deepest cut, and she has never to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, my guess is that you won't, but to my knowledge has never taken responsibility or acknowledged anything. The only time she attempted to on social was when she apologized for transphobic and homophobic social media posts that she had done in years past while making the very active choice not to apologize for shit people were talking about at the same time, just as loudly, which was fat shaming and body shaming. She refused to do it. She's tripled down on it. And it makes her look 
like shit and she doesn't care that after show is insane insane and, and to have had such a good beginning to her season where I'm rooting for her John, my husband liked up. her damn song like her music is great by the way the video is shit but it should be shit it was ten thousand dollars her music is great but one of the, the most successful yeah that you would sink your fucking battleship and oh you know and, and, and honestly she is responsible for what she does but we also have to lay some of the blame like Willy Wonka style at the parents and say that like Candace will require many years of intensive therapy to get over this stuff and like best of luck to her family and her husband to have to deal with that but it's it's difficult because I've heard other housewives say this so I know that it's not out of line when you watch your behavior it is very therapeutic and you learn a lot about the way that you the way that you, you are. hope that's the hope that's I the think hope. I, you know I've listened to a lot of my own voice editing podcasts and it's been a very painful experience but I do believe that obviously I'm not perfect half of your listeners I'm a polarizing person half of your listeners probably don't agree with anything I'm saying but I will say having listened to my own thought patterns on a variety of subjects and the ways that I've talked about people and stuff I've learned a lot of stuff I don't want to do anymore and a lot of stuff that wasn't serving me or anyone around me and it was good mm -hmm. to be self-aware of it to have that level of self-reflection and not change or grow at all at some point you're culpable it's it, it, you know at this point not to make comments about people's bodies it has been explained to you by the host of Repeatedly. the reunion by people at home by other cast members by producers and yet you're immediately like ash has got a big forehead she should die like what <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's a but little you know bit what? like that. Good for Ashley having a pretty good season. <laughs> I mean, Ashley's coming out smelling like a rose a little bit. I want to, I'm trying to look. There was before Instagram went down uh, forever ago. There was a quote that I liked that I am brilliant, B-R-I-L-L-Y-A-N-T, posted that I saved because I don't know why it was like, I was super into it, which was something that they posted you loved the person I was I love the person I'm becoming and I don't know why that really got to me that and John Stewart went on smart list which is one of my favorite pods to listen to and talked about the ways that no one you don't lose a feeling quicker than the feeling of love turning to hate which is the idea that people love to love people and the expectation the reality of that love is you put someone on a pedestal because you know inevitably you'll be able to pull it out from under them and there is an aspect to, of that to content creators to housewives in and outside of the bravo world in and outside of the world that we live and work in and podcasting and also in and outside of the world of being a human person and the reality and connection to candace is kind of interesting because it's a little bit of a lesson that applies to her in the sense that when it comes to I'm like figuring this out as I say it out loud. So bear with me on this journey. But in the sense of loving someone so that so that that love can turn to loathe, there is some connection that I see in Candace. When I think of that sentence, in she takes us on the cycle really quickly. She does. And it's also one of those things where 
I feel like at a certain extent, regardless of my interactions with her and whatever else, I can't help but empathize with her because the journey with her mom is devastating when you think about it. The ways that her mom weaponized for lack of a better, everyone's favorite phrase, uh, um, the idea of mental health treatment to um, harm and uh, shame her child, which is so unbelievably dangerous and cruel and is a long-lasting damage that obviously Candace is now using, as she did against Mia with the You Need to Seek Therapy, knowing that's where family money came from you know it's not a bad thing to to go to therapy let's pretend it is though for the purposes it bought of you, your house wa- right <laughs> with the for the purposes of you wanting to make this person feel bad and with candace it's almost maybe the reverse of it a little bit like it's so hard candace doesn't allow people to feel for her for very long because of her reactions and because of her behavior. But her expectation is that we will always understand and agree with the idea that her modes of seeking revenge or fighting for herself are always okay. And she does not understand the difference. She takes pride in saying, I am smart enough to go low while you stupid fucks try to stay at the middle or maybe do something dumb like going high. I see you and I am smart enough and witty enough and cutting enough to do this and I deserve to do it. And if any nobody else does, that's their fucking problem. And she doesn't, she doesn't understand that process. And I think Team Candace does. I think a lot of the people who are supportive of Candace and, and and connect with her. I think that they get it. It's just incredibly unfortunate that she doesn't because she is and will and will always remain her own worst enemy. And it's well past time for us to pretend that she cares in any way about anything else but preserving her power to inflict pain. That's it. Don't you think that some level of it too is is that she's so numb at this point? I get the oh perspective that her Go mom on. has like Go has on. like cut her in a million different ways, a million Such different a times point. about Such everything. A good point. And so to her, a comment about a forehead is like throwaway because the things she's heard about herself and oh she survived God. just fine. Such a good point. What does low mean to her with everything that she's probably endured? That is such a good point, Ryan Houlihan. Such a good point. So I do understand that for her, she's like, it's tit for tat. But she doesn't understand that tat is very different than tit. Her scale is so fucked up as a result of what she surely experienced, which doesn't mean she can't be held responsible. But maybe it's well past time for us to acknowledge that even after she's told this is the scale, regardless, this is the human scale, she just can't process it because she knows what she's experienced. And she's probably thinking either I was trained to do this, I survived much worse, or whatever else. Yeah. But oof, I, oof, that gives I me think, shivers. I oof. think ultimately she, she the reason that we keep watching her right is that if next if I, we take a break between these seasons and next season we come back and she's on her best behavior for three episodes, I'm going to be like, I love Candace. <laughs> she's but very it, it charming also, and she's smart and she's she very pretty. She is charming 
And she has great reaction shots. There are moments where she's shutting the fuck up. And even if she's talking where I'm looking to Candace to get her reaction. And I do think she is trying to grow. I think that also happens as someone who's never been married and you are married. I think that a part of that must happen after those vows or regardless of whether or not you've been married, when you enter into any kind of long-term partnership where there is, it's like the trust you've already communicated and expressed trust, but the tra- the transaction has now already taken place. You've decided you're going to be my person. You're going to be my lobster. Maybe you've said that in front of people. Maybe you've just said that to your significant other. But once that take is, has taken place, there is a certain point of like, the you know flip side of the coin of like this is the person I can hurt the most because they're not supposed to leave and also if this is the person that I have committed myself to potentially forever I should probably be nicer because I am afraid that they might go or I don't want this to be a forever that turns bad I I think that's why she's working on stuff with Chris sometimes part of the thing when you get married is like a lot of people see it as like an ending but really what being mm. married to someone is, is is committing to growing together and committing mm. that, like, I'm going to have my best intentions when it comes to you. And I know you will with me. And there's a level of trust where, like, that's why people always say, like, just keep talking, communicate, communication over and over and over again, because that is the work. That is the, like, if I put in a good effort, you put in a good effort. We mean well for each other. We can solve this and figure it out and talk through it. And I believe that when it comes to her marriage – she knows that Chris has her best intentions at heart and she knows that he knows that underneath all of the all of the insults the back and forth the gossip whatever she knows that he knows that she ultimately just wants them to be together and for things to work out and to be like nice and stuff like that but the breakdown in the process is that that trust is step one the rest of it is the communication the rest Mm. of it is the honesty the rest of it is directness the rest of it is um is honestly it, the rest of it is is suggesting things and then not holding it against the other person when they're wrong like a lot of a marriage is someone saying to you i think you're doing this and then you're like no i'm not and they're like okay i'm sorry i tried to figure you out like that and reduced it or whatever and you're like it's fine we're both trying to solve this and you move on i think she takes him telling her things she doesn't want to hear as pathologizing or condescending and that is again probably a, a, a um a consequence of having an abusive therapist for a mom yeah can I also just shout out the fact that I just returned to hinge after 900 years away shout out to um uh, Alyssa who I went to drinks with from um Amy Phillips show who's phenomenal with radio radio Andy when I was in LA and I was like I was telling her something about being on dating apps and a hundred percent it had been so long since I actually logged in that I forgot which app I was in and then I pulled up once I realized it was hinge and like it had to do the we need to send a you know a alert to your phone because we truly don't know if you are actually who you are because it's been so fucking long (laughs) so I like log into the account and I'm telling her a story about um the many shameful ways that I have imploded on social because I like don't understand technology and there was someone that I had matched with on Hinge or it was, I don't do Bumble because I'm not that I can't. I'm not strong enough. But Hinge or Tinder or something. And you know how it like links to social media accounts. So I did a stock as we all fucking do, by yeah. the way, and did a little bit of a stock and went on this guy's 
Facebook. This is so embarrassing. I went on his Facebook and I was like intending to, this is forever ago, intending to like press a photo and I accidentally sent him a friend request and it was after we matched so he knew my last name and it's like moments after we matched and I literally died. We didn't speak. I'm sure he unmatched me on, I think it had to have been Tinder, but I genuinely forget. And I was telling us to Alyssa and I was like, can you, it was like so mortifying. It was my lowest low on, which is frankly optimistic, but, um, my lowest low on social. And then I fucking logged back into hinge and who pops up that I matched with then this motherfucker from Tinder who on unma- and I'm like so now we're matching I'm not gonna say a damn thing because I'm mortified and I don't know if he remembers me the pictures are the same from three years ago I don't know if he remembers <laughs> me though but can you this poor man who was like who's this psycho who are matching I haven't even spoken to her yet and I accidentally sent him a, like I should not be allowed I should talk about I blocked Candace on social I should block myself on hinge like can I, you even I, a nightmare a I was menace. about I was about to say to you that that's the great benefit of living in New York a sea of eight million people you'll probably never see him again no and then he fucking <laughs> pops up and I can't and I that's the problem him. of living in New York it's a very small island truly and I <laughs> I texted the fo- I texted Alyssa today and I was like, guess who I fucking saw on Hinge? And she's like, who? And I'm like, the motherfucker. I said, and maybe we'll go on a date. Who's to say? Because I just want, you know what? If we did, if he did, God forbid, this poor man reached out to me to go on a date. I 1000% would ASAP without mentioning a thing. I just oh, yeah. want to see if he remembers. Maybe I'll bring up like what social media channels are you on? Oh, are you on Facebook? That's interesting. Oh, okay, cool. Um, do you, are you only like friends with people that um, you know? Or do you <laughs> like when strangers that you've only seen through dating apps reach out to you and stalk you like a sociopath? <laughs> um, it's going to be an interesting journey. Listen, there's so much for us to talk about. And we haven't spoken about Erica Jane that we are going to do a Patreon after show for the fucking ages that'll be up when this episode goes up so guys we're gonna switch on over to patreon the number one way to support the pod and andy's girls patreon.com slash andy's girls two dollars gets you my love and support five dollars a month gets you two bonus episodes ten dollars a month gets you four bonus episodes and invites to special zoom kikis that i do throughout the year so head on over to Patreon right now because um, my little boo here, my little co-host, Ryan Hulan and I are going to do a BH rundown. And I, I can't wait to unleash your Erica Jane thoughts because it's going to be incredible. I do have to say also that Andy's Girls is going live the very first time we've woo! ever done. Woo! We've ever done a live show ever will be Sunday, October 17th at Club Coming here in New York City. We're hoping to record it for the pod. We will definitely be there live. Going to be joined by OG of the AG, Damian Bellino. Tickets are on sale now. We would really appreciate your support by buying tickets now. It helps us get an idea of what kind of show we're going to put on. And we would really love to see a full house of AGs there. So if you've been thinking about buying a ticket, 
Please support the show by buying one now. Andysgirls.eventbrite.com. A link in the show notes for this episode as well. Saying that again, andysgirls.eventbrite.com, which you can also get on my Instagram at Dame Galley. Um, we're really excited. Sunday, October 17th, show at 7, doors at 6.30. And if you've been thinking about going and meeting each other, BravoCon isn't happening anymore that weekend, but Andy's Girls Live certainly is. I'll be there. You can either buy me a drink yes! if you agree with me or throw one in my <laughs> face if you don't. As long as it's clear, I'm going to let it go. I'll say, you know what? Fair enough. I talk oh a lot my of God. shit. <laughs> Should we do a dunk booth like on Saved by the Bell? Through the of white years? wine, but it's just my fucking oh mug. Oh, my God. Of a white wine spritzer. Poor guys, listen, maybe we'll do packages. Who's to say? It's never too late to do a little bit of an upsell. I'm here for it. Ryan Houlihan, can, first off, you know I die for you. Love you. Um, One of my booze, and I can't wait for Soho House on Wednesday. Just saying that for the 18th time. Oh, I just said what day we're going. That's fun. Um, Can you tell the people a little bit about input mag and also where to follow you online yeah you can find me at ryan houlihan um on instagram twitter everywhere you're a grown-up you know how to do that um and inputmag.com is an amazing website that you should go read honestly if i was not even involved in it it would still be one of my favorite websites on the internet very interesting stories about fashion and technology and culture um, if you like video games or streetwear or uh, if you if you see the new iPhone and you're like, is this one worth buying? Uh, we'll probably tell you that it isn't. So go to inputmag.com <laughs> where we where we where we support the environment and also destroying the environment for consumer electronics. <laughs> and don't you, we've also done housewife stuff and Bravo yes, content Yes, we have too. an amazing piece um, by Kyle Turner about the real housewives and the uh relationship that the housewives and the show have with consumer technology social media how that has reshaped our entire concept of femininity mm. and 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 a, a woman's place in the media and it i i think it's one of my favorite pieces i've ever read you might disagree but i know that you'll be interested in it so please go find that it's so good it's so good i love that i love that and um ryan Houlihan, anything i should have mentioned that didn't before we pivot to patreon to get your thoughts on erica jane oh my god i literally can't wait i'm like chomping at the bit to end that you look so, so beautiful another. right now and your, your you. listeners should know oh my god you know what i agree Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> Guys, I hope you are all staying safe, staying sane, buying your tickets to Andy's Girls Live Sunday, October 17th. Link in bio of my um, uh, Instagram at Dame Galley and in the show notes for this episode. And uh, getting vaccinated, which is also super important. And we will talk to you soon. Vaccinated if you can. We understand. We understand. Girl power. Girl power. Uh, we're about to make a peace sign because we're psycho. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.